Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why you don't weigh the same everywhere on Earth, the personality traits shared by people who live past 90, and how researchers figured out how shoelaces come untied. Let's untie some curiosity. Here's something fun. You don't weigh the same everywhere on Earth. Your mass stays consistent no matter where you are, but you'd actually weigh less standing at the equator than you would at a pole. Today, you're going to learn about centrifugal and centripetal forces, so I can help you understand the gravity of this situation. Picture this. Imagine you're carrying a plastic bag filled with a few oranges. If you swing that bag over your head at the right speed in the shape of a circle, the oranges will stay in the bag. If you swing it too fast, the oranges might bust out through the bottom of the bag and get flung halfway across the room. Congrats, you just learned about centrifugal and centripetal forces. Centrifugal force is what would cause the oranges to bust out of the bottom of the plastic bag. It's defined as the apparent force equal and opposite to the centripetal force that draws a rotating body away from the center of rotation caused by the inertia of the body. Centripetal force, on the other hand, is defined as the component of force acting on a body in curvilinear motion that's directed toward the center of curvature or axis of rotation. That centripetal force is what makes the oranges want to keep looping around in a circle. And these forces are why you weigh less standing at the equator than at a pole. At the equator, centripetal forces are acting on you as you spin around the center of the Earth. This spinning keeps you from flying off into space. At a pole, that force isn't acting on you because you're not rotating at such an intense speed. Also, at a pole, you're closer to the center of the Earth, since our planet isn't a perfect sphere. And that means that gravity is pulling you down with just a tad more strength. But the effect it has on your weight isn't too extreme. You'd weigh about half a percent more at a pole than you would at the equator. So if you weighed 200 pounds at a pole, you'd weigh 199 pounds at the equator. Which means that shedding that extra pound is just 10,000 kilometers away. How's that for a weight loss hack? Researchers have come up with a list of personality traits shared by people who live past 90. And they did this by looking at the habits and health conditions of a place where a lot of people live very long lives. I'm talking about Salento, Italy, where one out of every 10 residents is over 100 years old. That's more than five times more centenarians per capita than we have here in the U.S., there's clearly something special about Salento, and that's why researchers paid it a visit. The team selected 29 people between the ages of 90 and 101, along with 51 of their relatives who were between the ages of 51 and 75. The researchers evaluated each of these participants on their physical and mental health using self-assessment, doctor's opinions, and the views of their friends and family. 90-plus participants scored better than their younger relatives on self-confidence, decision-making, and mental well-being. And their mental strengths boiled down to a few positive thought patterns. For Salento residents, longer life was strongly correlated with life-affirming mental states. The top trait was resilience, or the belief that you can handle the obstacles that get in your way. That was followed by optimism, so it was good to believe that things will go generally well. Also important, good relationships, which have been strongly correlated with overall happiness in other studies. In Salento, this trait was generally shown in connections with family, community, and religion. One factor that seemed unique to this particular region was a love of the land, which could be seen as an offshoot of the positive community relationships. But the factor that stood out the most has also been observed among long-lived people around the world. Willingness to work. That rings true even here. 
staying in the workforce has been linked with a longer life. And the United States, just waiting until age 66 to retire instead of 65, can be enough to decrease your likelihood of death by as much as 11%. So there you go. If you want to live longer, maybe you should plan on retiring a little after the usual schedule. Although I hate that idea. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) That's all right. Anecdotally, though, my great-grandmother lived to be 107. She lived alone until she was 99, and she loved gardening. And she was out working in that garden every day until uh, she moved into a retirement home. But she enjoyed working so much that, as my dad recounted over Easter weekend just recently, whenever there was a blizzard in my hometown, he'd have to get in his car and race to her house because she was 97 years old. And if he didn't get there immediately, he would find her out on her doorstep sweeping away the snow. And she would just say, oh, hey, Buster, what are you doing here? (laughs) She, She was an amazing woman. Today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. They offer more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more to help you find new ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. I've been tapping into my creativity lately by planning a little side project I'm hoping to get to if I ever have any free time. (laughs) I actually want to try my hand at making a short documentary. Seriously, but I've never worked on one of those before, let alone actually done one on my own. But thanks to Skillshare, I'm taking a class on documentary interviewing techniques from the head of a documentary film school who's won several awards for his work over more than 30 years of working in filmmaking and broadcast production. And all of Skillshare's classes are taught by real experts in their field or public motivational speakers. And today, you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Curiosity Daily listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash curiosity to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash curiosity. We mentioned in a recent episode that scientists only recently figured out how shoelaces come untied, but we didn't have time to get into the details. Today, we do. And believe it or not, these findings have a lot of implications for medicine. In 2017, a team of Berkeley mechanical engineers took slow motion footage of shoelaces coming undone, and the results weren't what they expected. Since nobody had ever researched this before, the first step of this study was for the researchers to figure out how to make shoelaces come undone in the first place. They found that running on a treadmill seemed to do the trick. Once they had their slow motion camera aimed at the treadmill and an accelerometer on the shoes, they were ready to run. And they were surprised to find that the knot didn't slowly unravel. Instead, the laces came untied pretty quickly. As the researchers wrote in their 2017 study published in the Proceedings of the Royal Society A, quote, the failure of the knot happens in a matter of seconds, often without warning, and is catastrophic, unquote. That quote-unquote catastrophic failure included many elements. Repeated impacts loosen the knot, while the repeated change in direction pulls out the laces. In all, these combined forces total 7 Gs, or roughly the force of an Apollo spacecraft on re-entry, as Scientific American put it. It might sound silly to study shoes untying, but think about how many things involve knots. Surgery stitches need them. High-speed network cables are challenged by them, And even computer animators can learn from them. So hopefully you see that this study was not a catastrophic waste of time. Thanks for tying up that loose end. (laughs) Thanks for sneaking that one in there. 
Because <laughs> it's sneakers. Yeah, I get, get that. It? Yeah. Sneakers. I, yeah. Read about today's stories and more on curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 